discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Hello, you're welcome to our Wednesday night's teaching service. Uh, Today is another wonderful evening that we are going to have a wonderful time with the Lord in answering more of your questions. We've received so many questions, so many, many, many questions. Today we have about 15 pages. Can you imagine? So many questions. And uh, we know that even as we, we make attempts to answer every one of them, God is going to bless you. God is going to increase you. God is going to cause you to have more understanding of his word and give you answers to questions that have been bothering your mind all this while. So this evening, uh, we are blessed to have a wonderful man of God, Pastor Eugene Abotete, with us on set. Then we have uh, my own wife as well, uh, Pastor Dr. Mrs. Yvonne Otibuateng, with us also on set. You are welcome, my dear. We have a female voice today. I'm sure we'll get a very, we'll get a more balanced perspective. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So before we go on, I want us to share a word of prayer, and then we'll start. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is here with us. Thank you that even as we talk about your word, great grace is ministered to all your children in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for great wisdom. Thank you, Father, that you. You take absolute control of every single thing that we say, and you, you help everyone's understanding to your glory. Thank you. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We are going to go straight into the questions and then, so we can have more time. So, the very first question here um, is a question that uh, was sent earlier, but then we didn't answer it the last time, the way I wanted to even. So the person resent it in. So it's good you resent it in because I had all, every intention of answering that this particular in this particular session. So he says, um, I think it's a number from uh, the US or UK, something like that. He says, hi, pastor. Please, I would like you to explain Hebrews 10, 26 to 31. Is that scripture talking about apostasy? In case someone is born again but decides to live his or her life anyhow, and deliberately sins continuously, will that person make it to heaven or not? That was the first question you sent earlier. Then you sent another one, um, but I think um, it's it's self-explanatory, so we'll just um, answer this particular um, one because what you sent in later on is practically the same. So um, he says, hi, Pastor. I'm reading the question again. Hi, Pastor. I would, please, I would like you to explain Hebrews 10, 26 to 31. Then he says, is that scripture talking about apostasy? In case someone is born again, but decides to live his or her life anyhow and deliberately sins continuously, will that person make it to heaven or not? I think we should read Hebrews 10, 26 to 31. Then 
I'll throw the question over to uh, our esteemed pastors here to help us answer. It says, for if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remained no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fear indignation which shall devour their adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Hallelujah. Then verse 30 says, For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, say the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. Next verse. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is what he's asking about. Is this, the question is, um, is that scripture, is this scripture talking about apostasy? In case someone is born again but decides to live his or her life anyhow and deliberately sins, the emphasis on is on deliberately sins continuously. Will that person make it to heaven or not? Pastor Eugene, let's start with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Um, I think looking at um, the passage and the question, you realize that um, the the scripture here talks about something quite different from what the person means. Because the person was talking about deliberately sinning. But then if you look at verse 29, he, he gives it emphasis on the type of sin, mm -hmm. you know, he's talking about. Yeah. Right. And, and the amplified version even makes it quite more interesting. You know, the Bible says that how much worse, sterner and heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged to deserve who has spent and thus trampled underfoot? The son of God. So he's mentioning some categories of things here. He says that the person who has trampled underfoot the son of God and then who has considered the covenant blood by which he was consecrated common and unhallowed, thus profaning and insulting and outraging the Holy Spirit who imparts grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God. So he's talking about some very serious sin here. The first one is rejecting the Lord, right? This yeah. is someone who has trampled underfoot the son of God. And that makes you not yeah. born again, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Exactly. So the person has just totally thrown away the salvation, the basis of his or her salvation. Right? And he says that he has considered the covenant blood by which he was consecrated common and unhallowed. You know, we were saved by the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that he loved us and saved us from our sins in his own blood. Yeah. And this person has has made nonsense of the blood of Jesus. He's come to a point where he doesn't believe in the efficacy of the blood again, you know, and he doesn't accept the Lord as his savior. So such a sin is not the same as the, what the person was talking about. I remember the last time you spoke about uh, two types of sins, yeah. right? The sin that leads to death mm -hmm. and then the sin that does not lead. This one, obviously, is, is a way of death, yeah. right? And <laughs> it's quite interesting. Yeah. Hallelujah. Pastor Ivan, I don't know if you want to add some more. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so if you read the verse 26, mm. it said, For if we sin willfully, I don't know um, the meaning of the willfully there. I don't think it will be, it can be shown if you can, yeah. you can put it there, but if not. Um, but I have, a, should I say, an interlinear here mm -hmm. that further explains that willfully word. 
Okay, so it says the the word is hikosios. Pardon me if I didn't mention it right. Okay, so the Thea definition there says that voluntarily, willingly, of one's own accord. Mm-hmm. And it says A, to sin willfully, as opposed to sins committed inconsiderately and from ignorance or from weakness. So you see how he made that discrepancy or the description or should yeah. I say a comparison. He said this is voluntarily, willingly of one's own accord, a sin willfully, as opposed, that means that um, in contrast to sins that are consi- committed inconsiderately and from ignorance or from weak- weakness. Okay, so you know, it would be very difficult for you, the person who is asking the question, to know whether this person who is continuously sinning is this kind of deliberate, um, should I say? Probably he's struggling. Yes, uh-huh. you can't you tell. Exactly. So it's one of those very difficult things. That's why salvation is a personal relationship. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's between you and God. So you, the outside person, may see that ah, this person is a Christian, but is continuously sinning. Sometimes may even say some things. But is it out of ignorance, one, or out of weakness? Mm-hmm. You may not know that yeah. as a person because that one is between him and God, and you may not know that. Okay. And Pastor Eugene said something very powerful. Um, it talked about how that this person in verse 29 should have counted the blood of the covenant unworthy, trodden underfoot the Son of God, insulted the Holy Spirit and yeah. everything. Yeah. You see, God is so merciful. God is a very merciful God. And God does not throw people away just like that. Just like that. Yeah. You understand? His blood is very expensive. Yes, his blood is very, very expensive. And sometimes I know it's very difficult to to hear these things because we've grown up in a very judgmental environment, fear and everything, okay? But God relates to everybody on a personal basis, not on a group basis or what everybody thinks basis. It's a personal relationship. We come from different um, backgrounds. We come from different environments. People have been brought up in abusive homes. They come out, they don't even know how to appreciate things. They don't appreciate the love of God. It's a process, and it takes constant um, studying of the word, constant fellowship with God to be able to come out of things like that. And God knows everybody individually. So my brother, um, the question, the deliberately, because the emphasis was so... You know, Much on the deliberate. Yeah, on the yeah. deliberate sense. What is deliberate? You understand? Uh-huh. Like I said, is it from weakness or ignorance? You cannot tell. As you look at it, you cannot tell. So, yes, that's what I wanted to add to it. Pastor, if you have Beautiful. any other things you know, to say. So, um, if, you, if you look at uh, from verse 26, he says something very remarkable there. Hebrews 10, 26. Let's read King James. It says, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, hmm. Then it says, there remained no more sacrifice for sins. The scriptures are true. It says, there remained no more sacrifice for sins. If we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. You know, so he's very, exp- he's very uh, specific concerning what he's talking about. He calls it the knowledge of the truth. And the word knowledge there is, the Greek, is from the Greek epignosis. It means full, precise, concise knowledge. And that is actually the, the place God expects all Christians to get to. We are all on a journey to get to that particular place of coming to the full knowledge of 
the Son of God, who is the truth. So if you read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Then it says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The word knowledge there is epignosis, of the full, perfect, concise, precise knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So this is God's aim for every single uh, church member, every single born-again Christian. He wants all of us to grow to the fullest of knowledge concerning the truth that is Christ. You see, So he says, if someone arrives to this particular level of getting to know who Christ is and getting to know everything about Christ, getting to, getting to have experiences with the Lord. So if you read in Hebrews chapter 6, you see a similar... Um, things said in Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter six from verse uh, from verse four. Hebrews chapter six from verse four. It says, "For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened." Do you see? So he he starts by talking about various things that has to do with coming to the full knowledge of the truth. He says, "For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift." and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Take notice, it says, those who were once enlightened. What does it mean to be enlightened? What it means to be enlightened is to be brought to Christ. That's the first thing. Do you see? Mm-hmm. Then it says, and have tasted the heavenly gift. What is the heavenly gift? Eternal life, righteousness, the Holy Spirit. All these are gifts. They are part. These are the three cardinal gifts that God gives to us. Mm-hmm. The gift of eternal life, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of righteousness. Then it says, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. The word partakers is from the word koinonia. What it means is that you have had very wild intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You've had serious fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I mean, you've come to the summit of your perfection. Like I said at some time, I think I've uh, two two sessions back, that perfection is something that God wants all of, all of us to have. And it is possible. There are some people in our midst who are perfect, who have come to the full knowledge of Christ, actually. Next verse, verse 5. Then it says, And I've tasted the good word of God. Mm-hmm. The good word, there are various aspects of the word of God. There's the milk of God's word. There's the, the meat of God's word. Then there's a the strong meat of God's word. Then there's the honey of God's word, which is the good word of God. Wow. That, is a, that is the highest part of God's word. Do you see? Uh, the highest part of the, the understanding concerning God's word. Then it says, and the powers of the world to come. This guy has access to the powers of the world to come. He has word of knowledge, gift of miracles, all the things. I mean, the world to come wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to tell me what your name is. When I see you, your, our heads would not be opaque anymore. Our heads would be transparent, because your whole life, all that you did, your your earthly compendium, will be will be on you. And as soon as someone sees you, you can see everything that you did on earth for the Lord. Do you see? So um, that power is here. It's, it's a power for the world to come, but then it is here. There are some people who can tell you your phone number and tell you all those things. This, some, this, some of these people are highly gifted. This, this guy has, has partaken of the powers of the world to come. Verse, verse 6. Then it says, If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. It says, If they shall fall away. Okay, next verse, verse, verse 7. Then it says, For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, me for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessings from God. He says, The one who hears the word of God, the word of God is like rain. The one who hears the word of God 
and allows him to co uh, cause him to produce results is blessed from God. That's basically what he's saying. Then verse 8 says, But that which bears thorns, the one who receives the word of God and ends up bearing thorns and briars, is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. So he's talking about those who come to the very. That is what these two scriptures are in reference to, actually. Because the one in Hebrews chapter 10 mentions that if the guy tramples underfoot the Son of God, then he says, if he takes the blood of Christ as nothing, the, one, the blood that you are saved by, you now you know that you've gotten to the full knowledge of Christ, you know how important the blood of Jesus is. Then you turn again and say that Jesus' blood is nothing. It is foolishness. It is cursed. It is nothing. Brother, you've lost your salvation. Do you see? You've lost your salvation by your own action, by your own words. Especially, now, someone who just got born again and does not know much may do that and God will not take him seriously because you just came in. So you've not come to the full knowledge of Christ. He's talking about people who have come to the full knowledge of the Lord and get to this point where they, they change and declare the blood of Christ as nothing. Those who have tasted of the world to come, you know, and all of that. He says, if they should fall away, it is impossible to renew them. It's the truth. There are so many stories around this. Reverend Ken Hagen, of blessed memory, mentioned a particular story concerning uh, um, this particular, these particular scriptures, you know, of a, a pastor's wife who had been married to the pastor for about 20, 20 years and had been in the Lord for more than 25 years. Knew Jesus Christ, knew everything. She, had, she was singing in the church. She was doing so many things, preaching and doing so many things, you know. But she, she knew how beautiful she was, you know, and she allowed the devil to talk to her to uh, uh, take advantage of her beauty. How can you be so beautiful and only one man has slept with you? How can you be so beautiful and only it's just a chair that is enjoying you? You can, and she had a very nice voice too. You can sing in the, in the disco. You can sing uh, uh, at the club. You can do this, you can do that and do that. And she allowed the voice of the devil to get into her. And she left the husband and went to do all kinds of things. She went to do all kinds, she, was, she slept with so many men did all kinds of things, was into drugs, everything, you know. But the husband still loved the wife, and she was, he was always praying for her and trying to get her back to, to him and back to church and everything. But she, she was not allowing. You know, there was a particular day when she came to, you know, the, the, the pastor, she came to where the pastor, her husband, her former husband was, and knocked on his door and warned him that, he, that she doesn't want to, she warned him that she doesn't want to have anything to do with this Jesus Christ thing this blood of Jesus, she's gone, she doesn't want anything with, to do with the Lord any longer. And that was the day that she lost her salvation. Even after all that she did, leaving her husband and all that she went to do, she didn't lose her salvation. No matter what you do, like I said the last time, it doesn't, it's, not, it's not about what you do or do not do. It's understanding how much God has loved you. If you understand how much God has loved you, you your response will be different. You think differently, you respond to things differently. You see, she, she and that day she, re, she renounced Christ. That was why uh, during the dark ages and all of that, when people um, um, there's there's this uh, Spanish Inquisition, French Inquisition, where they were you know crucifying Christians and doing all kinds of things to Christians. The major thing, if if uh, 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 an Islamist should apprehend a Christian, the first thing you ask the person is uh, is to renounce Christ because they know how important it is. If you count the blood of Christ as an unholy thing. And you insult the Lord. They know that it does something to you. You can lose your salvation. Do you see? So he's talking about people who have come to the full knowledge of the Lord and have done all the things that are listed in there in Hebrews chapter 10 and in Hebrews chapter 6. It is impossible to renew them. That's the truth. 
but you are you are not yet on that level i don't think you are but if if you if you take god for granted you know i don't know if you have anything to say about that if you take god for granted and you think that uh what has happened to you is nothing and you continuously do whatever you want to do and go and go and go and go one day you may end up saying what you're not supposed to say and you may end up doing what you're not supposed to do and you end up losing your salvation even though salvation is supposed to be permanent nobody forces it on you and nobody can force it off of you you got in yourself by believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth you can get out yourself by unbelieving with your heart and confessing with your mouth the way you came in is the same way you can you can go out hallelujah <laughs> i don't know if anybody wants to say anything but i i personally believe with such people god is merciful yeah. <laughs> god is merciful they are not like the people who have come to that full knowledge yeah, because yeah. that that means that person obviously there's some form of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so personally, I believe they don't fall into this criteria like that. But if you continue in that line, you may you may you may end up in some. You have to be careful. Basically, as a Christian, you have to be you have to use the word of God for yourself. Let the word of God dwell in you richly, like the Bible says. You see, and um. Allow the Holy Spirit to work on you. I don't know if you are ready to embark on the journey God wants you to embark on. You know, God is merciful. That's the truth. God loves you. That's the truth. He loves you without any uh, any shadow of a doubt. Okay? But don't take his love for granted, basically. Now, if you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I don't know if you know this guy in the Bible. If you've ever read about this young man, in the Corinthian church, it's First Corinthians chapter five, rather. Let me read from verse one so that you, you understand, because we are talking about some of these things. It is reported commonly that there there is fornication among you, and most of the questions you're asking me about sin and all of that is about fornication. Most of the time, <laughs> for most young people, it's about fornication or about addiction here and there. You know. We are, we are all in the Bible. Everything is in the Bible. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles. It's the, the type of fornication that was in the church of Corinth was so much that, was so interesting, that it was so wild that it is, even the unbelievers were even shy of doing such things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, uh, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. And he are puffed up. This is this the problem? You are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you. The guy was sleeping with his father's wife. Then he says, For I verily as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed. Then he says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan. Wow. For the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glory is not good. Know you not that a little living living at the, the whole lamb. He says, what he's doing that nobody is saying and talking about can end up corrupting everybody in the system. Do you see? So he says that when we are gathered together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's verse 4. And then he says, when you are gathered together in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. In other words, give him up to Satan. Wow. Give him up to Satan because he's part of, he says, you, you are part of us and you are misbehaving. This guy had been corrected so many times and was not minding. So he was not, in order for him to get, not to get to a place where he will lose his salvation. Paul said, give his flesh over to Satan. Now, what does it mean? What it means is that allow Satan to kill him, to kill him quickly so that his spirit can be saved in the, day of, in the day of the Lord. So if you continue in foolishness for a very long time, there's, there's a probability something bad can You see, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You can't run away from that fact. You keep sleeping around with so many people. Mm -hmm. There's HIV around the corner. Maybe you think it is not there. It is there. Do you see? You may end up getting into a certain kind of trouble and lose your life just so that you will not get to a point where you will come and say that this Jesus thing right, is nothing and fall into trouble. So this is the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying now is the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. So God, by the so this was God showing mercy to that person. He says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are all gathered and my spirit is with you, give that person's flesh to Satan so that he can be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, now if you go down, look at verse, uh, verse 9. Same book, same chapter. So he's writing, still writing about the same thing. He says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortionists, or with idolaters. For then must he needs go out of the world. He says, this, The world is full of these people. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't company with such people around the world. Then he says, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If a man, any man that is called a brother, be a fornicator, hmm. or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one, no, not to eat. Wow. For what have I to do to what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without. God judges. Therefore, put away from among you, from among yourselves, that wicked person. You see, so he says, if someone who is a brother is, has become a fornicator, okay, this is someone who is not, he has decided that that is what he's going to do. He's born again, but he has decided that this is what I'll do. And he doesn't regret it. He's continuously doing what he, and that's what he means when he says, now he's calling him a fornicator. Because you remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, he mentions a number of things. Go to 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Knowing not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers on the source of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Have you seen it? He says, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Next verse, verse 11. Then he says, and such were some of you. Same book, same, same, same letter. That, the first one was chapter 5, this is chapter 6. So he's writing to the same group, same letter, same conversation. He says, and such were some of you. Meaning that he doesn't describe them as fornicators, idolaters, uh, all kinds of things. Okay? He says, and such were some of you. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God. So now you are not a fornicator. Now you are not an idolater. Now you are none of those things. So how come he says that? He's, how come he's referring to someone who is amongst us and is doing foolish, continuously doing foolish things, referring to him as a fornicator? Because this guy has decided that I am not going to stop. He has finished five girls in the choir. 
and he has finished seven girls in the ushering department and he has finished another five somewhere and that he's continuing to do and we are reminding brad we don't do it like that sister we don't do it like that it doesn't work like that allow the word of god to work on you it says if you continuously do whatever you want to do like you are saying deliberately if the person is deliberately deciding to do whatever he wants to do the best thing he says to do is first of all give the person's body give his flesh to satan for the destruction of his flesh so that the spirit will be saved then he goes on to say don't company with them i don't know if you get it that's why there are churches who would say that this person is not with us anymore yeah because a little living will destroy uh, uh the whole world, the whole lamp hallelujah <laughs> do you see so be wise i'm just saying these things to help you balance your life like receive the grace and the mercy of god do you see and allow that grace and mercy of god and the love of god to change you don't take it for granted don't hear the love of god and say ah then it means that <laughs> let us do whatever we want to do because we survive it is true you can do whatever you do but you never know maybe you get into a place where you cannot come back and people have gotten to places where they couldn't come back okay now in this same this same first corinthians okay if you read in chapter 15 this same group of people paul talks about the rapture with respect to all of them being taken away okay now this is the same check that had fornication that cannot be uh cannot be spoken about cannot be even even by the gentiles by the world the world does not do it look at um verse 51 First Corinthians 15 verse 20 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We shall not all sleep. He didn't say some of us. He said, We shall not all sleep. Meaning that everybody in the Corinthian church, that's what this same Corinthian church, first Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. He says, he mentions to them that and I brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes. Do you see? So these babes that he could not speak unto as was spiritual. When he's writing concerning rapture, he says that we shall not all, not some, we shall not all sleep. <laughs> but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible. And we shall be changed. All of us shall be changed. All of them are going to be taken according to the scriptures, according to what has been written. Do you see? So that's why I always say that it doesn't matter what you do or do not do. But be careful. Don't take the grace of God for granted. It's written in the scriptures. He says, do not frustrate the grace of God. He says, don't take, don't receive the grace of God in vain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unless you, you are not a child of God. If you're a child of God, my brother, you cannot deliberately go on and do some things. It's not possible. That's the truth. Or I'm saying something bad. That's the truth. You can't. Your conscience will tell you that, brother, what you're doing is, is not correct. Mm -hmm. You know, it will tell you. It will talk to you. Conscience will talk to you. The Holy Spirit will talk to you. Hallelujah. So, there are various aspects. I think we've presented a lot of things to you to help, just to help you to know what to do with yourself. In Jesus' name. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything to it. So, be careful, basically. Be careful. Don't take the grace of God and the mercy of God in vain. Okay? Yeah. Be wise. Be a wise Christian. Hmm. 
Now, this question is from, uh, he says, my name is Kofi. What I don't understand is that some leaders engage in sinful acts, but they still progress in life. And does that mean that God is still with them and blessing them? Pastor Yvonne, help us with this. Hello, Kofi. Yes, hello, Kofi. I, I, think, I think we've answered it in the, the previous first. question, yes, because like we said before that um, it's difficult for you to, some leaders engage in sinful acts, but they still progress in life. And they confess, they probably confess their sins. You see, God is a loving God. And like I said before, it's a personal relationship. Exactly. Don't compare, that's why the Bible says, don't compare yourself with others. Okay. It is not wise for you to compare yourself with other people because everybody, God knows how everybody is and what is everybody is being given at a particular time, you understand, what is going on in any particular person's life. So it's very difficult for you to look at somebody and judge the person because the person did so and so. What are you doing in your closet that nobody is seeing? You understand? Uh (laughs) You are probably doing something in your closet that nobody is seeing. It's unfortunate probably this person. Yeah. This one is the leader, so he's supposed to know better. But yeah, careful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We are all children of God. We all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You understand? But like I was I remember I was discussing with my husband this morning that we are children of God and God loves us. Okay. We have become his sons and his daughters. Now if you are in your father's house and Mind you, God is a better father than all earthly fathers, no matter how good your father is. Mm -hmm. So if you do something in the house, you do something wrong in the house, does your father throw you out because you stole a piece of meat? Or because you impregnated a girl and brought to the house? You you probably are also doing something. You may think that you're, um, for example, your jealousy of somebody, nobody sees it. It's not as equally a great sin before God, your pride, your self-righteousness, all those things are equally huge sins. Yeah, even wilder. Exactly, before God, than the fornication you think this person did, no, God should stop blessing or something like that. Who are you to say Exactly, stop stop that self-righteous attitude. That's even sin in and of itself. So like I said, we, I think we answered that in the previous question too, that God deals with people individually. And what you can do is pray for that person instead of judging that person and being jealous of that person that God is blessing that person. That person is still a child of God. Exactly. Exactly. So God, when God blesses him, it is within his right or within his jurisdiction to bless that person. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you have much, anything to say about this. Yeah, I me mean, just to add to what um, Pastor Ivan was saying. When you read um, Matthew chapter 5 from verse 44, uh, it's quite interesting that the person is progressing. How do you define progress? Mm-hmm. Do you get this? Maybe progress to you will not be progress to God. You know, so uh, stop, like uh, uh, Pastor Ivan was saying, stop comparing. You see, how God sees, it's like most of the time, many people judge God. Yeah, they put God on the on the uh, on trial <laughs> and they judge God. Yeah. But they don't know how big this God is. God is big. You see, so God, God, He calls the shots, not you, right? And you don't know what has happened. Like you don't know the personal relationship God has with the person and all that. And then you can't also question God's love. You know, the Bible says that 
But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Next verse. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to, to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Yeah. So this is God's God's nature. Yeah. He loves all. The yeah. fact that somebody is not doing something right doesn't mean that the person should suffer. Yeah. yeah, God is a loving God and he desires to see everybody do well, right? And, and he wants everybody to be part of his greater love that is coming to know Jesus Christ personally. So uh, sometimes it's, it's, it's not right to, you know, try to make judgment. At it's, all. Yeah. God has not given you judgment. You exactly. are not the one to judge people. Yeah. The Bible says judge not. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Lest he be judged. So, th- this is one of the biggest things Christians fall prey to. We can judge very easily, you know, and measure people. This one is on this level. This one is on this level. You expect that this one should have this, and you expect that this one should have that. You know, um, if I come and tell you about somebody, I come and tell you about what someone did. Pastor this pastor did this. He has a false god. Uh, he, he has some juju he's working with. And he's doing all kinds of things. I don't even know what we should do <laughs> about him. But this is what he's doing. I say so many things. Mm-hmm. Now, I have, tempted, I have tempted you. I have brought serious temptation to you. Because that person where I came to talk about can repent very quickly. And you are not, you are not with him. You are not the Holy Ghost. He probably be, he's even repented before you came to come and say whatever you are saying now. He will repent. Probably he's repented. And I am causing you to sin by also talking about this person who probably has repented a long time ago and then keeping something in your mind about him. Whenever you see him, you think it's like this. Meanwhile, God is not seeing him like that. And you are rather in a very dangerous uh, 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 sphere or position in life. Okay, so be very careful. When someone is saying something about somebody, be very, very careful. Don't just take things in. Pray for the person rather and forget about it. And don't see the person in, 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 in that light at all. See the person as a child of God. See the person the way God sees a person. That is very important for you. Or else, I've seen some people who were expecting some people to not do well, but are doing very well. And they are not doing well because of what is in your heart. How can you be a child of God and have this in your heart that you are you don't want somebody to do well because it did A, B, or C? Yeah. Are you God? Because you are better than the person. You are better because you have not done that. Brother, sister, be very careful. You are tempt- that is a huge temptation. And it can destroy your life very quickly. So when someone is talking about somebody, say, hey, let's pray. After a person has spoken, you say, let's pray for the person. When you finish praying for the person, don't repeat it. Don't repeat it to, some- to somebody else. God has heard you, and God has answered your prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so, um, Sadiq says, Sadiq from Bawe says that, please, I want to know how to activate my, my assigned angels, and also does your assigned angels leave you when you sin? What's that again? Hmm, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, um, I think as you are growing as a Christian, right, your, the, your angels become more active and they get to do different things for you depending on your level of maturity and growth to to you know have to buttress this point i want us to read from psalm 91 psalm 91 verse 11. hallelujah hallelujah yeah so i personally think that 
the angels don't leave you because the day you are born into this world god gives you an angel yeah and amazingly the devil also gives you a demon <laughs> right he assigns the devil to you for the rest of your life you see so the more you walk in the in in the word of god the more your angels are strengthened and the more you decide not to walk in god's word it doesn't they are unable to do for you what god wants them to do. the bible says that they are ministering spirits and they have been sent for to minister for you because you are an heir of salvation right psalm psalm 91 verse 11 says that can we read the amplified version for he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany you and to defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service you see so the angels are there it says in all your ways in all your ways forever forever and ever of obedience and service so the more you obey god the more you serve god the more their responsibility to you becomes stronger right i don't know whether yeah and yeah. in hebrews hebrews chapter 12 uh verse 22 the bible says that we are come unto but you are come unto mount zion city to the city of the living god to then it says the heavenly jerusalem then it says to an and to an innumerable company of angels do you see? So we have come to Mount Zion. The moment you become born again, you can't. You end up in Mount Zion. You are born into Mount Zion, and they are an innumerable company, millions, myriads, millions and millions and millions of angels around you all the time. Okay, and they are not around you because of you. They are around you because of God. Okay, so they are always with you. They are always with you. They don't yeah. have anywhere to go. Whether you do something wrong or they don't have much to do with that. It's between you and God. Okay, remember the Bible says that God has set us here on earth to bring, to teach the angels wisdom, the wisdom of God. Hmm. That by us, all principalities and powers might know the manifold wisdom of God. That is in Hebrews chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, I think verse, uh, verse 8. Okay, so um, the angels are always with you. They don't go away from you when you do something wrong. No, they don't. Okay, the challenge is with their response to you. Their response to you is what can have a problem, depending on a number of things. Mm -hmm. And one of the major things the angels uh, are careful of is your insubmission. So in in First Corinthians chapter chapter eleven, I hope it's chapter eleven. Yeah, First Corinthians chapter eleven, Paul talks about divine God's divine administration in marriage. Mm. Okay, so if you read First Corinthians chapter eleven from verse he says but i would have you know that the head of every man is christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of christ is god okay so in god's divine administration god is the head of all things christ just for the purpose of administration it's not that god and christ are competing and that god is higher no god is the same as christ christ is the same as god but for the purpose of administration i don't know if you understand that um administration has to do with who is working at what time and for what purpose Mm -hmm. okay and uh, so i could i could have gone to the same school with him probably we are twins we're born by the same mother we have the same age we have the same kind of brain have the same kind of understanding our degree is the same our marks are the same everything is the same and then we start a company one of us will have to be the the ceo and then the other will have to be a managing director it doesn't mean that that one has been devalued yeah. in any way. It's for the purpose of administration, for the Same purpose case. of getting the job done. Okay, so he says God is the head, Christ. He says the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So we have God, Christ, then man, then 
the woman do you see now below the woman are actually you have you have the children and then you have angels mm. so if you go down you see him talking about um how that the angels will not respond to um, the woman if she doesn't appreciate her head mm. or <laughs> i want to explain it very well to you let's read verse uh, from so from verse 8 he says for the man is not of the woman but the woman of the man neither was the man created for the woman but the woman for the man for this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels let's read the amplified of this particular verse so that you understand it very well therefore she should be subject to his authority so all this discourse is actually about authority hmm. subjecting yourself to authority since therefore she should have she should be subject to his authority and should have a covering on her head as a token or a symbol of a submission to authority that she may show reverence as do the angels and not displease them you see because when you displease the angels they will not mind your voice when you talk yeah. because you, what they don't like is break breaking of authority uh -huh. because that was a challenge that they had uh, in the heavenlies lucifer who was like who was an arch archangel went against god's authority so if you go if you're a woman if you're you're a wife not just anyone i'm talking about wife and husband if you're a wife and you break authority with your husband you are not respecting your husband you're insulting your husband and all of that you see that your prayers are not being answered there are a lot of wives who are in prayer camps who are praying god do this for me do that for me do this. but their prayers are not being answered because when they come home they insult their husbands they will tell their husbands you are fool you are big fool you are some this then all of that and they will, they will be praying well guess what the angels are sent to the bible says are they not all ministry hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 right yeah. look at hebrews 1 14. let's look at it it's an interesting it's an interesting question yeah are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation so they are sent forth to minister for all those of us who are born again who are heirs of salvation they are there to minister for us so when we pray they carry our prayers and put them if you say something should happen in jesus name it's not jesus who's going to move to get it done it's an angel who move to get it done if you say something should happen uh, by the power of the holy ghost the whole you can't send the holy ghost who are you to send the holy spirit the holy spirit is god you can't send him it's the angels that go into action so if you say something and uh you say this should happen in jesus name and you have broken authority in a certain way they will not mind you you've displeased them so they can't move because the the voice that is coming is a voice of someone who is outside of who is outside of authority you are not you are not under submission in any way so they won't mind you if you're reading uh psalm yeah um psalm 103 verse 20. Psalm 103 verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Wow. They only do the commandments of the Lord, and they hearken unto the voice of his word. Now, what do we do? We give voice to God's word. That is what we do. We say what God has said. Do you see? That's what we do. So if you say this should happen in Jesus' name, because you have said in Jesus' name, you have spoken in the voice of God. Yeah. They only hearken unto the voice of God and they do God's commandment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we just revoice what God has said. Now, if 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 you are not in under authority, if you are not under submission as you're supposed to, they will not mind you much. That's why a lot of people don't get results as they're supposed to. Yeah. They don't they don't get answers to their prayers mm -hmm. because they they are not under authority as they are supposed to. 
you have shifted out of authority and they will not want to be around you so you know there's a scripture in psalm 34 verse 7 that okay buttress is what you are saying so, you know, because people will be thinking that oh it's only for the wives because the scenario not that, at all yes not so they all. will not have a proper perspective yeah. the bible says that let's read the amplified the angel of the lord encamps around those who fear him who revere and worship him with awe, and each of them he delivers mm. hallelujah so hallelujah. if you don't fear god to fear god is to do his commandments yeah to submit yourself to the lordship of the word of god so anybody who is not in this category will not be able to enjoy the ministry of the angels so i mean just that's that's just to add to um what you were saying hallelujah hallelujah i don't know if you want to say something okay so just to yeah. keep the balance yeah <laughs> <laughs> because i can imagine a lot of people having a lot of thoughts. But one thing you have to understand is that the Bible is is the, is the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I know I'm a woman, I'm a doctor. I've gone to all the schools that you can think of. But one thing um, that we have to be careful of is the fact that for the, the headship of a man is something that you cannot... Um, dispute but i also wanted to read this from the first corinthians 11 he said um after he said that for the, for this cause ought the woman not to have power on her head that's, of, that's 10 okay okay when you go down 11 said nevertheless neither is the man without the woman neither the woman without the man in the lord mm -hmm. okay for as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. He said, but all things are of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. So, yes, he mentioned this to actually state something. But when you go down, he also lets you know that in the Lord, we are of each other. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, in, in, in regard to that, that means that let's respect one another. All things are of God. But in the Lord, we are of each other. Hallelujah. And there's a scripture, I've forgotten which one, that you can help me. There's first Peter, first Peter 3, yeah. verse 7. Verse mm -hmm. seven. Let's read it. First Peter 37. For all the, oh, I'm just, now it has entered marriage a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's just likewise, he husbands. What, what I was saying earlier uh, was to create, to help you understand why the angels may not respond to you. And I used marriage as an example but it applies to every other aspect of life for instance if you are an assistant pastor in a church and you're respecting your head pastor you should know that you're out of authority and when you pray you not get a certain kind of answer it's the truth okay he says likewise ye husbands dwell with them that is dwell with your wives according to knowledge okay dwell with them according to knowledge in in other versions you say dwell with them in an understanding way understand how how women are and allow them to flow as they're supposed to then he says, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. They are heirs together. The Bible says in Christ there's neither male nor female. So we are heirs together of the grace of life. That is the truth. That's then he says, so that your prayers be not hindered. So if you are also not, are you a husband, you are not honoring your wife, and you are not treating your wife well, your prayers will not be answered. You will be, you will be praying for your business to go. It will not go. You'll be doing all kinds of things, but it will not happen because you are you are in the other sense abusing your authority over the woman. So you to the angels will not mind you because you are out of authority, authority out, of out out of order in the line of authority. So you too you will not get answers to your prayers because your prayers will not yours it won't even go. 
it will be says it will be hindered. I know a lot of uh, uh, some husbands who were misbehaving with their wives and had very serious issues with their business. They were wondering why their business was not working. It's because of this. Mm. Unless you are not a Christian. If you are a Christian, the scriptures work in your life whether you know it or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the angels are there for us to um, to send. So you can say, dear ministry spirits, I send you forth now to get this and that in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they will go and get it done for you. Just make sure you are under authority as you're supposed to. In Jesus' name. Amen. I think this is a good answer yeah. for all of us. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for helping us answer. So there's, there's, there's so much, so many questions to answer. Um, um, this is from Sally. Uh, just because of the tone of the, the, the question, I would let us answer. This is, please, my question is, how does one overcome fear of moving on after being faced with a tough challenge which caused shame and pain? Thank you. Please, my question is, how does one overcome fear of moving on after being faced with a tough challenge which caused shame and pain? Pastor Ibon, can you help us with that quickly and then we'll go on. Okay, hallelujah. How, how does she overcome? She didn't say what exactly caused the shame and pain. I'm sure she couldn't say it. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm, I'm not really sure, but whatever it is, okay, God has forgiven you. I don't know whether it was caused, I don't know whether you caused it to somebody or somebody caused it to you. I'm not really sure. Whatever pain that you went through, um, whatever it is, forgiveness is key, okay? We are supposed to forgive others. Pastor um, Eugene quoted a scripture for where he talked about that, what? for them who despitefully use you. You said that what? Forgive those who hate you and all those things. Can we have that scripture there so that we can quote it? Matthew well? 5, Matthew right? 5, 44. Matthew 5. 44. Uh -huh. 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. 5.45 That ye may be the children of our Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Okay. So whatever it is, whether somebody did something to you or you did something to the person, it applies both ways. You have to love yourself because Jesus died for you. Hallelujah. I remember um, the Lord's Prayer says that what? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's part of that prayer is very, very important. God, if you did it to somebody, okay, and you're finding it hard to forgive yourself, you have to forgive yourself, okay? You have to forgive yourself because God has forgiven you. Jesus Christ has forgiven you. You have to learn how to love yourself and forgive whoever did whatever thing to you so that you can move on because the fear, maybe you're afraid that you do it again. Fear, anytime fear comes in, we have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, yeah. of love, and of a sound mind, okay? So anytime you have fear in your spirit or in your mind, that means that it is from the devil, it is not from God. It is not part of the spirit that we have received from our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh -huh. So don't be afraid that maybe sometimes, I think what you are saying is that you are afraid that you do it again or something. Don't be afraid. God has got you. 
He is able to keep you from falling. Can we have that scripture up there? And he that is able to he's able to keep us from falling. You have to trust the word of God. A lot of us don't trust what the word of God says. We don't trust what the word of God says. But then when something else happens, then we blame God. That is very, very difficult. I'm saying that I can keep you from falling. But you get up and you do things your own way. So that's Jude one twenty four. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. It is a beautiful scripture and it's something you just have to rest in. That he is able to keep me from falling. The fact that he has said it means that he can do it. Hallelujah. So don't be afraid that something, I don't, I'm not really sure what kind of fear you are talking about. But whatever it is. Okay, God is able to keep you in all your ways. We mentioned that in um, Psalm 91, that he has given us his angels to keep us in all our ways. He's with you. He never leaves you nor he forsakes you. So whatever, if somebody offended you, forgive yourself, forgive that person, and then trust that God is able to keep you because he is actually able to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Pastor Angel, I don't know if you want to ask that. Just to add a little to that, um, uh, I think what we also have to understand is that um, God loves you. Yeah. And the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. So if you can really get to understand the depths of God's love for you, nothing will be a stumbling block for you. You know, no matter what a man will do to you or someone will do to you, if you can appreciate the love of God, the Bible says that if you can, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 90, it says to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, this is beautiful. You know, I want us to also read First um, John four eighteen, so we can appreciate it properly. First John four eighteen says, "There's no fear in love; it's but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment." You see, so what the person is suffering from right now is from the fruits of fear. Then he says that he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Then the next verse says, "We love because he first loved us." So, if you can understand how much you are loved you see every child that knows they are loved keep making progress you see there's a reason why sometimes some people are unable to they feel they are afraid they are timid even in public and all that the slightest thing gets to them is because if not experience love but anybody who can because you see nobody can stop others from doing hateful things to you Right, because you are in the world, you are going to be faced with all kinds of things. But if you can understand that the greater one is inside you, right, and that you are a love child of a love God, no matter what comes your way, you will not be stopped. You keep moving, you keep advancing. So you have to appreciate how much God has loved you. You have to appreciate the sacrifice God has made for you. Then when others hurt you, you will not be moved, you will not be touched. So I think that's the little I can also. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I think uh, these wonderful answers would, would, uh, are wonderful. And it's brought instruction to all of us. Now, I want us to move on to uh, some... There are so many questions. I'm just, I've just been going through to you know, pick up some of them that will really help us. There are a whole set of questions on the end times and all of that. What, I, what I'll do is that on Sunday morning, I'm going to spend Sunday morning teaching on some of these things. Uh, around your questions, okay. I have some questions from Tracy, from uh, so many questions on end time stuff. 
from Belinda, from Peter Taylor, from Nana Kwesi uh, in Accra, then from Wisdom, um, Wisdom Sylvester from West Ligon, then um, from Apafras, yes, <laughs> and from Samuel, and then uh, from Akrofi, from Ashalibuche, uh, all, all your messages, all your questions, I'm going to answer all of them in one long breath on Sunday morning. So we will not touch any of that today because the time is fast spent. I want us to touch other things. Then on Sunday morning, I'm going to spend time explaining the end times and the various things that are expected and why you should not be afraid and why you should not think that Jesus has already come. Some people think that Jesus has already come and that the Antichrist has already been revealed because you've heard so many things being said already. So don't think we've not seen your questions. We've seen your questions and we are going to answer them for you in a very lovely way, okay? But then there's a question here. There are two questions here that I think we really, um, we really need to answer because it will help so many people. This is from Kafu. He says, I wanted to use this opportunity. God bless you, Pastor, and God bless you, panel. And he says, I wanted to use this opportunity to ask, how do you tell when the Holy Spirit talks to you? And on the other hand, when it is your emotions trying to communicate to you? Is there a, a huge margin, please? Thank you once again. Then another question along the same line from uh, is the same Kafui? Okay. Okay. Then this is a uh, Maoli from who? Maoli says, "I want to know how you will you will you will know if God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to you." So it's along the same line. He says, "How would you identify the voice of the Holy Spirit?" At times, sometimes you, sometimes come to you. Hey, sorry. At times, some things come to you, and you will wonder if it's God that is really talking to you. For example, when on outreach, you have or feel the agency of talking to someone, but when you approach the person, such person would show you attitude, <laughs> and will not accept or not even pay attention to what you have to tell the person. So I want to know. If it was God that brought that agency to talk to such a person. <laughs> then there was like another question from Sister Jesty. She says, a Christian, as a Christian, is it necessary for me to keep reaching out to someone if they keep ignoring me? So that's, that's uh, in, re in reference to the second aspect. So let's start with the first one. The voice of the Holy Spirit. How do I know the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do I know it's not just my mind that is talking to me? How do I know the voice of the Holy Spirit? Okay, let me start. <laughs> let me start. If you read in um, Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Bible says that the Spirit himself, this is old King James, so he will use itself, but um, it's actually the Holy Spirit is a person, so it's actually himself. The Holy Spirit himself, so this is new King James, he says the Holy Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So this is the first and primary way the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Okay, he bears witness with our spirits. Now, what does it mean to bear witness? Um, let's read the Amplified. The Amplified will help us a little bit more. The Spirit himself that testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. The Bible says that he that uh, is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So when you become born again, 
and you are joined to the Lord. Now you are one spirit with him. So the Holy Spirit talks to your spirit. There are conversations that goes on between your spirit and the Holy Spirit. And one of the major things the Holy Spirit does is that he testifies. He bears witness. He assures you of the fact that you are a child of God. Now, if something as important as being a child of God is uh, affirmed for you by the Holy Spirit, then every other thing in your life is also affirmed in the same way by the Holy Spirit for you. For instance, um, how do you know you are born again? You just know that you are born again. You just know and trust that because of what the Word of God says, because you've done what the Word of God says, you are born again. How do you how, how do you have that assurance? It's the Holy Spirit in you who grants you that assurance in your spirit that you are truly a child of God. Do you see? So there's that there's it's called the inward witness. You just know that this is what you are supposed to do when it comes to other things. You see, sometimes they call it the the green light. You know, in the Old Testament there, were, there was the it's called the urim and the thummim, lights for perfections. The, the, the priest of old had um, a vest, a breastplate, okay, that had all of Israel, the tri- all the 12 tribes of Israel on that breastplate, uh, three by four. So he had, they had three names and then three names, three names, so that all the 12 were on that breastplate. And he had a light underneath the breastplate, okay? So when they needed, for instance, um, when Joshua went to fight Ai and they were beaten, Ai was a small country as compared to Jericho. But Ai beat them and killed a lot of them. Joshua was wondering what had happened. So he went to talk to God. And God told him that, why are you talking to me? Find out from your own people who had done what. Now, a man called Achan had taken um, something he shouldn't have taken from Jericho. When they were going to fight Jericho, God told them that everything in Jericho was for him because Jericho was the first city they were going to attack, they were going to fight after crossing the River Jordan. So everything first belongs to God. That's where first fruits and tithing and all of that comes in. You know, it belongs to God. Nobody's supposed to touch it. But Achan saw a piece of cloth and saw some other things that he liked. This is in Joshua chapter 7. Um, you can read from verse 14. You see it. Okay, so now... How was Joshua going? So God told him that there's someone amongst you who has done something wrong. And he didn't tell him who it was who had done that wrong thing. So Joshua had to go into the camp of Israel and find out who had done that wrong thing. So the Bible says from verse 16, Joshua 7, 16. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes. And the tribe of Judah was taken. How, was, how did they take the tribe of Judah? Because when they when you know those times the priest will come and stand there then they'll ask a question who did what where is the person from then the light that was behind the breastplate will shine through the that particular tribe and light the light will shine through that particular tribe on the breastplate and show that it is this tribe that did it it was colored all the the names were on uh, were on colors they were on precious stones do you see? So it will shine through one of them. Can you imagine? That's supernatural. To shine through one of them. So it's shown through the tribe of Judah. That the person is from the tribe of Judah. The next verse. Look at the next verse. Verse 17. And he brought the family of Judah. And he took the family of the, the Zahites. In other words, they asked, so who in the, in the tribe of Judah, which family is it? 
and the light showed through normally what will happen what will happen is that it will show through the letters okay to pick out the name of a of, of a family to show through the letters so, so uh, if the family is Zahai, so it will, it will show Z, then show A, then show R, then show H, then show I, then show T, and then show E, and then S. And then you pick it, oh, it's the, the, the family of the Zahites. Then they called the family of the Zahites, uh, verse 17 once again. And he brought the family of the Zahites, man by man. And Zabdi was taken. Next verse. And he brought his household man by man and Achan the son of Kami the son of Zabdi the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken so the the Urim and the Thummim picked out Achan who was the one who had taken something from the other from the from Jericho look at the next verse and Joshua said unto Achan my son give I pray thee glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession unto him and tell me now what thou hast done hide it not from me and Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. And when I, when I saw among the spells a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels, which then I converted, I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the mess of my tent, and the silver under it. And Joshua sent messengers, and they ran onto the tent, and behold, it was hid in, in his tent and the silver under it, just as he said. You see now, so how did they how did they know what to do? They got to know by virtue of the leadership of the Urim and the Tumim. It showed them exactly what to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this light for direction, this light for perfection, this light to help you guide you in life has sunk into our hearts and sunk into our spirits by virtue of our new birth. Now that you are born again, that light is inside our spirits now. And that light will show you and guide you exactly on ex on what to do per time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't just choose wives. We don't just choose husbands. We don't just choose which school to go to. You pray. You spend time praying. You speak in tongues. Do you see? And then you you move with what you have peace with. God will give you, you have peace with this person. You just know that this is what I'm supposed to do. You just know that this is what I'm supposed to do. It's the primary way God leads us. Through that inward witness through that inward witness as guided by the word of god of course exactly. as guided by the word of god the inward witness as guided by the word of god so you spend time with god through his word spend time praying in tongues and you just know exactly what to do that's the primary way god leads us hallelujah because god the, the holy spirit is the whole of the bible isn't it and is the one who is inside you so he will confirm what is in the scriptures as as you read he will show you exactly what to do. That light that is in you will show you what to do. Hallelujah. I don't know if you have anything to add. Yeah. yeah. Um, something short. Um, one thing is um, being honest with yourself. What happens with young Christians especially when it comes to trying to descend the, the leadings of the spirit? Like you said, is differentiating your emotions from what the spirit of God is saying. What happens is that you have to be honest with regard to what your emotions are. Yeah, this is what I like. This is what I like, and this is what I want. Yeah. You know, instead of over-spiritualizing everything. Mm -hmm. And what happens with that is that you end up making a mistake. Yeah. Because we, we've, we've all had one or two episodes in Saturday like that, hallelujah. 
So we understand your question very well, and it is very, very, very important. So you have to be honest with yourself that this is what I like, okay? And I like the TikTok ladies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like this person. Instead of saying that the Holy Spirit is telling me that you are my wife. Mm. So what are you saying? You know, what are you saying? We get this a lot. And then it ends up with a lot of people making mistakes, ends up with a lot of people having bad relationships, having to divorce later in life because they realize that, honestly, it wasn't the word of God. And as you make that mistake, because you may end up making some mistakes, as you start, it's like a child who is, you know, working. If you realize you've made a mistake, be humble and admit that I've made a mistake. I'm very sorry, young man. I'm very sorry, young lady. <laughs> it was a mistake. You understand? Broken hearts will heal. It is better to have a broken heart to have a broken than to marriage. have a broken marriage. <laughs> you understand? And some people will still stand by it with all their strength. You know what? Be honest with God that Holy Spirit, I made a mistake. Okay, because any person who is, you know, coming up in Christ would want to, you know, go along these things as they, they teach us about how to be led by the Spirit. Take your time. Relax. Speak to your pastor. It's very important to have pastors because they help us. Okay? And get pastors who are open to hear what you have to say. Because sometimes some people to their pastors, they can't talk to their pastors. They have to front. If I say front, they have to have a certain um, fake um, can I have some vocabulary <laughs> for lack of a better word facade yeah, you know, I don't want to say yeah. something big <laughs> I don't want to say a big word like a fake cloak around themselves to present um, um, a certain form of um, godliness before they are pastors or a certain um, present themselves in a particular way not to see that oh I have a problem with this but you know that is, that is the, the real thing. When you have a problem, say that you have a problem so that you can be given a solution. But when you pre present yourself like you know everything, you know the answers to everything, then you are going to have a problem. When you make a mistake, it's difficult because your pride mm. and everything gets in the way. But even if we get there, God loves you. He, it doesn't matter. He knows that you made a mistake. Confess to him. Tell him what is on your heart. Tell your pastor so that you can get out of it. So that's the thing about the emotions. Don't worry. Stay in the word of God. Grow in your fellowship with God. When it comes, as, you, as a Christian, realize that you are not that mature to be able to discern. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your leader. Talk to somebody who is ahead of you. Okay? If they say it, uh, and as you grow in the word, you know that, no, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with this. Okay? I'm going here, I'm not comfortable with this. It's like you can't even sleep. You can't think. There's something telling, no, there's something yeah. wrong. But when you say no, you don't do it. You see peace. I always tell my husband, me, I like my sleep. So anything that prevents me from having a peaceful sleep, I don't like it. Hmm. You understand? And the Holy Spirit leads us in that way, having peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Eugene, would you yeah. say yeah. something So else? Um, just to add a little. I think, so I think she, she's yeah. spoken about uh, being led through a pastor, uh -huh. through another person, a leader in your church, your shepherd, helping you and guiding you. Because your shepherd knows the Lord's voice yeah. more than you do. So you are safe after you've, got, after you've gotten that inward witness. Confirm 
with your pastor so that you don't make a mistake. Maybe what you think was a confirmation for you was actually a big mistake so that you can be guided on the right path. I think that's it, right? Beautiful. Um, um, just to add a little to um, what was said concerning being guided by the Word of God. You know, sometimes if we can have more fellowship with the Word of God, right, we be, we become more familiar with the Word yeah. and know the voice of the Word of that's God. True. I mean, I've known Pastor for some time now. If if I'm outside and he starts to talk, I'll know that this is Pastor, yeah. right, because I've had some level of, even it can get to a certain level where he doesn't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. If I'm going somewhere, I don't know, the Pastor will not like this. Yeah pastor will like this one <laughs> because of the level of fellowship we've yeah. had the bible yeah. says that the word is a light onto my path and a lamp onto my feet so uh, we shouldn't downplay the potency of god's word the word of god is spiritual yeah. Jesus said the words i speak are spirit yeah. and their life yeah. so it's not something we just read it's not like a newspaper yeah. it's spiritual so when you read it it makes an impression in your heart it guides you day to day you get it. So anything God says to you is within the context of the word of exactly God. So. Exactly. So you, you have to be, you know, and the more you work with God, you journey with God in the word of God, the more you can catch the spirit of that word. You know, they said the spirit of prophecy is a testimony of Jesus. Yeah. Right. So you're able to know that this is what God is saying. This is the inspiration God is leading me towards. Because there are people who have not known the word of God as much as they are supposed to. So when they don't know the counsel, the general counsel of God. Yeah. And so they will not even be able to know the specific mm. counsel of God. That's you know? so important, you yeah. know, because um we are speaking English right yeah. now. Nobody had English imparted to him or her. We have to learn how to speak English, isn't it? Process. It was a process. We had to learn. Now, if you, if like I was saying the last time, if I speak Guan or, or Ga or something, some other language that you may not understand, you will not be able to appreciate what I'm saying, even though it's a language that exists, yeah. but you can't understand what I'm saying. Now, in the same way, God has a language. God does not just talk. He, he speaks in a particular language. And the language that God speaks, the language that the Holy Spirit speaks, is the word. The word of God is his language. So you must learn the word of God so that you can hear him and understand him when he's speaking to you. That's so important. That's fundamental. Without that, you have problems. In 1 Corinthians chapter chapter uh, um, 3. Um, no, 1 Corinthians chapter, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's read verse um, 12. 1 Corinthians 3, 12. 2, 12, rather. 1 Corinthians 2, 12, not 3, 12. Is now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God. Do you see? Then he goes on to say, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The amplified is very good. Pastor Kobe gave us the amplified the last time. Very, very good. It says, And we are setting these truths forth in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the holy spirit do you see it says combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language where's the spiritual language it's the word do you see it's the word of god so whatever the holy spirit says is always in line with the word of god he doesn't speak to you outside of the word of god he speaks to you in line with the word of god now as a child of god you are built to be able to hear the holy spirit he says my sheep hear my voice if you are a sheep, you hear his voice. You would know 
that this is really the Holy Spirit speaking to you and not your emotions. And you get to know it better when you fellowship with him more, like he was saying. The more you fellowship with him, the clearer it becomes. It's so easy. My brother's voice is like mine. My younger brother's voice is like mine. If he picks my call, someone may think it is me. It is someone who doesn't know me much would think I'm the one who's talking, but it's actually not me. Do you see? My 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 mother, my mother's voice and my sister's voices are very similar. But I know my mother's voice. So when my one of my if I call one of my sisters should pick up, I know that is not my mother. I'll say, please give it to my mother for me to talk to my mother. Because I know my mother's voice. Yeah. Do you see? So um don't remove the word of God. And don't read the don't read the Bible like a newspaper. A lot of people read the Bible like as as a history book. Yeah. We have some questions here. And the, you clearly it's like you've been reading the Bible as a as a history book. You are we are not historians. The Bible is is, is spirit. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God is spirit and life. Receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. That's why you're not able to confuse you. Because if you are going to be questioning the scriptures, you have so many questions. But if you approach it with the mindset of being blessed, with the mindset of receiving life, then you will receive life. To so approach the word of God with humility. He says receive with meekness. Receive with meekness. That is James chapter 1, mm-hmm. verse 20. Let's read it. James 1, 20. But go to the 21, sorry. For 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Then it says, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. If you receive it with meekness, it will save your soul. It will cause your mind to be transformed for you to be able to hear God even more. Hallelujah. So spend time praying. And one of the major ways is to pray in tongues. The more you pray in tongues, the more your heart gets closer to uh, making the decision that God will have you make. Do you see? The more you speak in tongues, the more you speak in tongues like that, the more you know. Because remember, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. If I speak an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. That's the Amplified. Says for if I pray, let's read the amplified. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. My spirit by the Holy Spirit within me begin to communicate. So if I want to talk to the Holy Spirit, I know exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying. What should I do? Speak in tongues. The more you speak in tongues, the more you know His mind. You get to know His mind, and you know that this is not my emotions. This is actually what God is telling me to do. And the Holy Spirit has led me in various things. There are times I didn't pray as much as I was supposed to, and I made terrible mistakes. And I had to pay for my mistakes. <laughs> I had to lose some things because I, with investments and other things, I didn't spend as much time as, as I was supposed to praying. Don't think sp- spending time praying in tongues is not a waste at all. It's actually salvation to save you from a lot of foolishness, a lot of mistakes. Yeah. I don't know if you want to ask some more. Yeah, I'm just reiterating what you said yeah. because I, honestly, as you were reading it, it just you know, opened up to me more. You know, that we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, mm. that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So we have to know that we have received the spirit which is of God, so that we may know the things that have been given to us, Hallelujah. which includes any and everything that you can think about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So definitely, speaking in tongues, praying in the spirit is key to differentiating between your emotions and what the Spirit of God is. It will save you a lot of heartache, 
a lot of headache, a lot of all the aches you can mm. think about. Heart aches. Hallelujah. Yeah, aches. <laughs> Nose aches, yes. all kinds of aches. Because in that, you will know the things that have been given to you, and you will know the things that have not been given to you, so that you can walk in the path that God has purpose for you to do. Amen. 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 I think there was another question. Yeah, the second part. I'm just looking at it right now. For example, when I'm on an outreach, you have a... I think we get get the the summary of that question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It wasn't the Holy Spirit who led me to go and talk to this person. Because when I went, the person rejected me. You know, and Minister uh, uh, Sister Jesse also asked a question: Is it necessary for me to keep reaching out to someone if they keep ignoring me? Because I just wanted to add one thing: yeah. the devil will never tell you to go and evangelize to anybody. At all. That's there one thing you have to do. The devil will not tell you to do. <laughs> Don't evangelize. He will not tell you to evangelize to anybody. He will not tell you to, to give, give, isn't it? Give. Oh. If you want to know the voice of God. There are a few things. He would never tell you to go and tell somebody about Christ. So be assured that yeah. if you are being something or you are saying something or it's, it's, it's prompting you to talk to somebody about Jesus, it is definitely the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The fact that the person rejected you doesn't mean that what God wanted to accomplish has not gone through. At all. Exactly. The f- you see, the fact that somebody, somebody may smile at you and not listen. Somebody may ignore you but heard what you said. Yeah. You know, the, the, the words that we speak, they are spirit and they are life. What you said has probably entered that person's heart. The word of God does not go and come back for it. It accomplishes that for, for, for which it was sent to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what happens when you do evangelism, all manner of things. But it is beautiful to know that God sent me and I went to do it. Exactly. Hallelujah. That is the joy that you should have. Don't be concerned about their responses. As for their response, you will get varied amounts. But don't worry. It is part of your crown. Hallelujah. You're, you get crowns, a lot of crowns, so don't worry. And the second person, maybe Pastor will add on to but I just let wanted me, to... Let me add this. Okay. John, so John chapter 4, verse... Uh, let's read from 34. It's not every message you preach. Mm-hmm. That will uh, will yield salvation. You may preach to somebody on the streets. The person may not may may not be give his life to Christ or may not get born again. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit will not send you. Thank God, the Holy Spirit will prompt you in a bus to talk to somebody in a bus. He will prompt you to talk to somebody in a car. Prompt you to talk to somebody on the road. But it is not with the intent of bringing salvation. Then, then. Sometimes you are led to sow a seed. Yeah. So in these verses, Jesus makes us know. He says, Jesus said unto them, John 4, 34, My means is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth mm-hmm. and he that reapeth may, may rejoice together. So one sowed and one reaped. Next verse, verse 37. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. But both of them will get their wages. Yeah. And both of them will rejoice. So sometimes I, I, I preach, people come, I give out the altar call. People come and come and give their lives to Christ. But it doesn't mean that it is the message I preach then that got them to receive Christ. Sometimes you can be talking about something else. But someone has said something. Someone, God led the Holy Spirit, led somebody to say something to him when he was uh, eight years old. And then he led someone to say something to him when he was 12. Then, like that. Then, like, then it comes to this particular time 
an opportunity that is that comes to him for him to give his life to Christ. But all those people are people who sold into their lives, and they shall reap their reward. All of them shall get their their wages, including the one who reaped him with respect to salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So don't think that because he rejected you, um, <laughs> you are. It's not the Holy Spirit who sent you. It's the Holy Spirit who sent you. The devil will never send you, like Pastor Yvonne said. Okay. So don't worry about that. Keep doing that. Keep sowing the seeds. And if someone you are preaching to, some person keeps rejecting you, don't worry. If you are led to preach to him again, keep preach to him again. Just allow the Holy Spirit to lead you along that line. Okay? If the Holy Spirit tells you to be quiet, just be quiet. If it tells you to talk, talk as much as you can. In Jesus' name. I don't know if you want to ask something. Yeah. What I also want to add is that, you know, sometimes God accomplishes different things through the ministration of his word. You know, like we've heard here. Other, other reasons to can be that God wants that to be a witness against them. You know, when you read Matthew chapter 24, verse 40, it says that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the nations for a witness. You see, so God wants them to know that I've done what I'm supposed to do. So if you didn't listen, it's up to you. If you listen to, it's up to you. So the fact that you don't see the response doesn't mean that you were not led. You see, sometimes God wants them to be, God wants to warn them that I told you to do, you didn't do it. So this is judgment. Do you get it? Uh -huh. So it's a means God uses to meet out judgment to people and all that. So uh, don't look at the response. Just look at what God is prompting you to do, right? Sometimes that that is the best way to look at it. Amen. Okay, this is from Titi, uh, Dennis Titi from Castle. He says, please, Pastor, I have a question in line with speaking in tongues. And I understood tongues very well on last Wednesday. Thank God. I'm glad. But what people keeps asking me when ever we talk about tongues is that there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus spoke in tongues, but taught us a simple prayer, i.e. the lost prayer. So please, Pastor, I want you to address this matter for me so that I can explain better to them whenever I get in touch, whenever I get such questions. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus never spoke in tongues. Who told you Jesus never spoke in tongues? Were you with him every night? You weren't with him every night. You don't know whether he spoke in tongues or not. DC, you don't know whether he spoke in tongues or not. He had pri his private prayer times, plenty. And the disciples realized that this guy was always busy, he's always praying. And they said, Teach us how to pray. Hmm. Then he said, After this manner, remember the, the question was, Teach us how to, how pray. to pray. How do we go about prayer? Then he taught them the, the manner of prayer. He didn't say you should repeat the lost prayer. Mm -hmm. Actually, the, what you call the lost prayer is not the lost prayer at all. The lost prayer is in John chapter 17. That is the Lord's prayer. The Lord prayed in John chapter 17 for us, for his disciples, and for us, and for the world. That, was the, that is the actual Lord's prayer. <laughs> what you've known as the Lord's prayer is not the Lord's prayer. It's the Lord teaching the manner. So he says, after this manner, therefore pray. Pray, therefore. He didn't say repeat it. So when you're in trouble, then you say, our Father, what's in heaven? As we blame him, as we take Give us a Then you repeat again. Our Father, what's in heaven? The devil is coming to do something all right there's an accident coming that's what you are, you are repeating the the lost prayer what is wrong with you please stop that what you need to he's just explaining how the manner so he says after this manner therefore pray ye our father who art in heaven in other words start off your prayer by worshiping god by praising god hallowed be thy name okay our father are you showing it to us um show it to us matthew please six. matthew chapter six Verse uh, Matthew 6, 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Do you see? Then it is our Father which art in heaven. 
hallowed be thy name. That, that means start off your prayer with worshiping God. Then it says, thy, thy kingdom come. Don't start asking for bread after you have praised God. The next thing you need to do is to pray about his kingdom coming. The establishment of his kingdom in the earth. Pray for people to be saved. Pray for souls to be, to be saved. Pray for the church to increase. Pray for people to increase in the word. Pray for the Holy Spirit to work more in people's lives. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for solutions for everyone in the world. This is like pray for the will of God to be done on earth. What is the will of God? That all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the, of the truth. Then it says, give us this day our daily bread. Then you can start asking and talking about your personal needs. Hmm. After you have worshipped the Lord, after you have uh, prayed about his will being done on earth as it is in heaven, then you can pray about your personal bread, what you need. Then he says, forgive us our debts as you forgive our debtors. Okay? That's a very important uh, aspect. In other words, practice forgiveness for yourself. Because if you don't forgive, you have problems. And lead us not temptation but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. So he was teaching them a manner, how, how to go about prayer. Okay? Now, so you can't say that the, Jesus did not speak in tongues. The same Jesus who uh, walked on the earth in John chapter, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the same Jesus who inspired Paul mm-hmm. to write the things that he wrote. Jesus said in John chapter 16, um, verse, verse 12. Let's look at John 16 12. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Do you see? Then he says, How be it? Next verse. How be it? When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit who came when Jesus left is the Holy Spirit who guided Paul to write the things he wrote. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All the scripture, Second Timothy 3, 16, look at it. Second Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Everything in the Bible is given by the inspiration of God. They didn't just write. It says, holy men of old wrote as the Holy Spirit led them and taught them to write. So it's the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus who was in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who taught Paul, who showed Paul what, what to write about tongues. So that is from him. Don't say Jesus did not speak in tongues. Who told you Jesus did not speak in tongues? Yes, I just, I just, yes. So in Acts chapter 1, okay, uh-huh. this is even Jesus. This is after he, were here, he had resurrected and said from 2, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible truths, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which ye have heard of me. Hallelujah. So he was teaching them. There are a lot of the teachings that he didn't talk about. Okay. But John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when therefore they were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, 
and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the utmost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So Jesus is the one who told them to wait. And Jesus taught them a lot of things after he had been resurrected. Yeah. And after he said they should wait, before they go out to teach all these things, he yeah. said, wait for the Holy Spirit yeah. who will empower you to enable you do the things that I have taught you yeah. to teach the people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus taught them. And Jesus told them about the Holy Ghost. He told them about all the things that would come. That's why they wrote it for us to learn from it. So if you say that Jesus wasn't speaking in tongues, like I said, when he was going to pray, he weren't there. Yeah. And nothing was said about it. Mm-hmm. But this is what Jesus also told the disciples, to wait for the Holy Spirit before all the things he had taught them will be taught to us with the impact that comes with it. So Jesus knew about the Holy Spirit. He knew about speaking in tongues. And it's unfortunate, but that means that people read. I don't know how you, you read the Bible. That would be very a, difficult. I think uh, Galatians and all that is some, something from Eesh. someone else. So you pick and choose what f- suits you, and that is very That's serious. And Jesus never even wrote anything wrong. Matthew was not Yes, amazing, isn't it? Mark was not written by Jesus. Yes, Pastor. Jesus didn't write Matthew, Mark. <laughs> Oh, that yeah. question has been answered. Pastor, yeah. you say what no. you have to say. Pastor, let, let me also <laughs> add something. You know, there are people who don't believe. If you call yourself a Christian, you have to believe the entire Bible yes. as the word of God. You get If you want to go that line, then you are going to put yourself in a lot of trouble. That somebody too can say, okay, Jesus didn't marry. Yeah. So don't marry. Yeah. Because right. you are now saying, uh, Jesus. Yeah. Because if you want to look at Jesus, okay, he didn't marry. So then nobody should marry. I get it. You didn't have a child, so nobody should have a child. Jesus was crucified, so we should all be crucified. Yeah. You get it. So it, the line of understanding the Bible is really wrong. You have to first of all know the Bible says that it's for instruction in righteousness. Mm. So we have to understand the instruction in the Word of God and then respond to it as we are supposed to. So if you say you're a Christian, believe in Genesis right to revelation you can't take some patency i didn't see this person doing it so it's not for me are you getting it uh-huh. so it's, it's about following the instructions in the word of god the bible says that we should not forbid to speak with tongues you get it there's yeah. a scripture in, in first, first corinthians chapter 14, 14 verse 30 yeah. also yeah let's read it first first corinthians chapter 14 verse 39 yeah. the bible says that wherefore brethren covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Yeah. So this is the word of God to yeah. us. Don't forbid anybody. Don't forbid it. You know, first of all, you should not forbid to speak and don't forbid others. Yeah. Are you getting it? So if God's word is do it, you just do it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. You know, this is, uh, this is another very important question I think we should answer before we go off. It says, uh, this, it says I'm Albert. Is it possible for, for one to be fully healed and made whole? without leaving a trace, a sign of all those sickness from head to toe, or it leaves the body one at a time, then he says, I'm frustrated. <laughs> I'm frustrated. He's really going through a lot. It's not, sickness is not a small thing. It should, sh- it should let you know that it is not from God. Yeah. Sickness is so terrible. Like the feeling it leaves you with, I mean, it's, it's so bad. God could not have used that to humble us in any way. You know, so sickness is of the devil. And God wants you well. God exactly. wants you well. Every exactly. wit whole. Exactly. Not some going and some leaving. He wants you to be well, perfect, complete. 
Okay. So right now, I want you to receive your healing, your wholeness, in the name of the Lord Jesus. That all that sickness from the top of your head to the soles of your feet will be taken away completely, completely, instantly. I declare calmness in your body in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. That's from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, he's healed completely. In the name of Jesus. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 But then let's, yes. I'd just like to add a little to that. Um, if you don't believe that being healed is the will of God, then why do you seek healing? Otherwise, then you are going against the will of God, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Then if you are going against the will of God, then you can't fight it. But the Bible says that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, isn't it? But Jesus said, I have come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Okay. And can we have that scripture? John 10, 10. So the thief cometh not, but the devil is the thief. He came to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the overflowing to have it more abundantly, okay? When you don't know what Jesus has done for you in Christ, like Jesus has done for you, then the devil uses um, schemes and deceptions and lies to keep Christians bound. Mm. But you have to know that what Jesus did on the cross was complete. When he said it is finished, it was really finished. He had paid the punishment for our sins. He had taken away the sin. He had paid for the punishment. The punishment for sin was sickness, um, poverty, anything bad you can think about. And Jesus paid for all that. So as a Christian, when you don't know that, the devil works on our ignorance. The Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people do it. They perish. And it's not just head knowledge, because a lot of people have heard that Jesus healed me. In fact, they say Jesus heals, but the thing is, it is even in the past tense. In First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, that by his stripes we were healed. It is something that has already occurred. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Now, it is up to you as a Christian to take it for yourself, that everything has already been done. So I don't have to work for it. You're, you can't work for your healing. If I, if I say you can't, I don't know, you can't pay for it. The blood of Jesus completely paid for it. So what you have to do is to accept it in your heart. What happens is that sometimes we accept it in our hearts, but in our hearts, in our heads, sorry, yeah. but in our hearts there's a lot of unbelief that you fight the word of God because of the things that you have seen around you, the things that you have heard, as you are receiving it, you are saying, okay, but this person didn't receive it, so is it true? You know, it's like there's a lot of questions. That is doubt. That is not faith. So as a person like that, you are struggling with these things. You have to get... Um, sermons along the lines of healings to renew your mind to renew your mind there's um this scripture that blesses me so much in romans chapter 12 verse 2 can we have that up there he say that what and be not conformed and be not conformed to this world he said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god that um, what do you call it? Prove word there is to to to. You have to renew your mind to be able to prove the word of God. 
when we say proof, to show that it is genuine, it is real, it is true. Mm. Now, if you are not renewing your mind, you can't prove it. It is not possible. This is what the scripture is saying. And here he talks about the will of God. The will of God is good. It is acceptable and it is perfect. When you look at the comments there, it is describing what the will of God is. It is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. Some people explain it as the different types of the will of God. But when I look at it, it is describing what the will of God is. The will of God is good. It is acceptable and it is perfect. Now, if your mind is not being transformed, it is very difficult to prove the word of God. You may be prayed for by somebody. You may get your healing right now. But as time goes on, because... To keep it, Yes. You can't keep the healing because you don't know the word of God. Your mind has not been renewed. It hasn't been transformed to conform to the word of God. So then it will go and it will come back. You are not making effort to know what has been done for me. You are not letting your mind conform to the, the word of God is saying that you are healed. Instead of admitting that I am healed, you go around and say, I am sick. Mm. I am dying. Because you want attention. Now your words, your words counter the things of God. And that is what your words, Pastor, we talked about what the angels hear. Now as you speak, that is what they hear. As you speak death, death comes. As you speak life, life comes. Hallelujah. This is a whole teaching, training, you know, teaching sermon. Okay, so, but that's the little that I'll say. Pastor has something to add to it, so, yeah. Hallelujah. Pastor Ejen. Hallelujah. I think... Uh, I want to ask, yeah. ask some more questions, so... Okay. I'll, I'll just say, you know, the Bible says that with God, all things are possible. Yeah. Luke, Luke 1, 37. Amplify you see, so it's very important to know who God is for yourself, know his capabilities for yourself, have a revelation of the fatherhood of God, the father heart of God for you. If you don't have this, you you always see God as a wicked person who is trying to punish you or is trying to keep you humble for one reason or the other. The Bible says that for with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment hallelujah. hallelujah you know so you have to know that god god is in the realm of all possibilities right and god is more than capable of helping you get out of this completely just like pastor said you can be healed 100 percent. you can have fresh body parts yeah. and be well and be happy you know sometimes people rather are not surprised when they see a juju man doing something like that. But if it's from God's side, then they go like, hey, how can Charlie, is it real? Is the person lying? Is faking it? You know, but God is higher than the highest. It's bigger than the biggest. So it's more than, there are so many scriptures that goes to attest the fact that God can do this. This is the God who rained down manna. <laughs> this is the God who divided the Red Sea. God is big. You know, so it is more than possible. Hallelujah. Believe it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A few more questions and then we'll bring it to an end. It says, why are Christians heartless and have no love? But the people of the world show love to each other. You, can't, you and I can testify of that. Please, I can't testify of that. Even the weed smokers, it says you and I, okay, you and I can testify that even the weed smokers have wonderful love for each other. Wow. This is from Eddie. <laughs> wow this is uh, I don't know what your experience has been with uh, with the church or with Christians around you but um, you, your experience is wrong okay 
let God be true and all men be liars. God, God's word does not say that. And it is certainly not the experience of every Christian. It is your experience. It's not the experience of every Christian. Okay. Who said witch smokers love each other? Ah. They don't. A friend of mine went mad because of a fellow. Apparently, you're not supposed to do something before you smoke the weed. And he made him do it before he smoked the weed. And he went crazy for some months. God had to bring him back. You know, so God is love. <laughs> and everyone who is born of God is born of love. We are people of love. Okay? Maybe you've had a bad experience. You're, just, you're asking this question because you had a bad experience. Yes, yes. It doesn't mean that Christians uh, 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 hate each other. We don't hate each other. We wouldn't be here. I've been with this people for many years. I've known my wife yeah. for yeah. Uh, well over 12 years. You know? And she's not done anything wicked to me. Hallelujah. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything to that. Yeah. <laughs> then there's another question here. He says, uh, Good morning, Pastor. I'm McAfee from Ho. Uh, please, I want to know if we can picture Christ when we are asked to. For instance, we're in church praying and the preacher asks us to picture Christ. Do we picture the pictures of the man who acted in the movies? Or what? <laughs> Can someone answer that for us? <laughs> I'm, this is a very, this is a very practical question. I must say, I think this is something I struggled with. In fact, this is a question I asked by myself, and so <laughs> for so many years. Okay, and um, picture Christ. It's a, it's a, my, is there a brother or a sister? It's a very, it's a very, it's a very important question. Is it the man who acted Jesus, or the one? Okay, so basically, what when I believe that when they say, I don't know, picture Christ. I don't think it is the picture of Jesus Christ. Nobody has it. Nobody no, has it. because Jesus actually, yes, came at a time when where we could not have selfies. Yes. <laughs> So that your <laughs> hope and your trust does not enter an image. Exactly. Would have taken pictures and hung them in our homes and be and worshiping, worshiping the, the image. Yes, the pictures. That's not what God wants. Yeah. God intentionally hid Moses' body from Israel because he knew that if Israel, if Moses had died and Israel had had his body, they would oh. have worshipped his body till the time Jesus comes because Moses was very important. Moses was very special, <laughs> and God doesn't want his children entering idolatry. Yes. Do you see? So when we say picture Christ, we are not talking about. It's actually not a good instruction. Exactly. Actually. That's the whole thing. It's not a good it's instruction. It's not a good instruction. I don't know how you're going to do <laughs> that. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, it's not about picturing the actor hanging on the cross. Yes. It's, it's not that person. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. I think one scripture, looking on to Jesus. Yes. Okay. So that's the scripture. Looking, looking on to Jesus. Jesus the author, and, the author finisher and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Yeah. You know, that, that thing, that's the scripture that maybe people talk about. Why well, if you say look unto Jesus, mm. it's talking about look unto the things that he has done for us. Exactly. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His death on the cross and what it represents to us. Exactly. The shedding of blood and what it represents to us, the breaking of his body, the stripes on his body and what it represents to us. So in Isaiah 53, so subsequently, my brother, when we are told to look unto Jesus, I would, um, should I say, entreat you to look at this scripture in the Isaiah 53 scripture, which talks about the things that Jesus went through. Yeah. It kind of summarizes it, so I like reading it That's about it. That's what you need to picture. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, Maybe from verse two or three. 
Yeah. For he shall, let me read it for you. All right. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with the stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay, so um, the verse four and the verse five. The verse four and the verse five is very, very, is very, very important. Um, so if the Bible says, "Look unto Jesus," look is telling us that look unto the things that He did for us. Look unto the things that His death on the cross, His resurrection, and all that it means. So that means you have to be taught properly. You have to understand what Jesus Christ has done for you. It has to be taught properly. You have to understand it. So that next time they say that, look unto Jesus. You know what you are looking unto. So be reminded of what he has done for you. That's basically what that scripture is saying. Be reminded of what he has done for you. Don't and, lose and that. And Jesus himself even said it. Before he passed on, he said uh, in the, to the disciples that they should partake of the communion. And, uh, and he says, do it in remembrance of me. Yeah. In remembrance of what I am I'm going to do for you and what I have done. You see, so that's what we—that's what you should look up to. Looking onto Jesus means keep your focus and your attention on His Word. Jesus is the Word. Remember, Jesus said, "I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life." Mm-hmm. He's the Word. Truth is the Word. So keep your eyes fixed on the Word. Okay, David said, "My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways." That's what he's talking about. Let your eyes observe the ways of God. When we say picture the Lord, that's what we're talking. It's actually not a, like like we be saying. It's not a good instruction. You know, to say to picture the Lord like that. There are more questions. They are very exciting questions. Mm. I'm just seeing them, and I think we should answer them. Okay. All right. So let's look at this question. I learned this is from uh, Ishmael from Agboba. I learned that whenever a person masturbates, the sperm gives birth to a demon, which comes against your life. That whatever you will do will result in a defeat. But that is a big lie. Whoever it is that told you that. (laughs) <laughs> Whoever told you that was lying to you, please. It's a very big lie. Okay? They don't your the spams do not become demons that frustrate your life, please. So the one who said that to you was trying to scare you to not do that. But fear has not done anything good for anybody hmm. on any day. Hmm. So I'm sure even though you are afraid, you've done it so many times. That's not what will cure you. Yeah. Hallelujah. So don't yeah. worry about that. Yes. So I think you also have to listen to the previous Question and question answer, answer because yeah. it tells you how to overcome this masturbation problem that you have. Amen. Amen. Then this last one, let, let's just do this last one and then we'll close. This is from Dinah from Chiado. She says, uh, how do you know that a person is right, is the right partner for you to settle down with? The person God has intended for you. How do you know God has confirmed that person. I think we've answered it, isn't yes, it? We have, answered, we have it. answered that. So, yeah. That is the the answer to that question was the answer for differentiating your emotions from what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Yeah. So we also learned that the spirit that we have teaches us all things. It tells us the things that have been freely given to us in First Corinthians, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that is the answer for your question. Apply that. It 
that is how the Holy Spirit will lead you to know the right person, praying in tongues and then studying the word, increasing in your fellowship with him so that you can know when he talks to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So don't, don't uh, get into uh, your emotions because you like the, the type of body structure he has, structure he has and all of that. He has money, he has cars, he has all of that. So you go for it. You make a mistake, the mistake of your life. Okay? I don't know if you want to add anything to so it. I think that is it. That's it. Powerful. That's it. Yeah. Wow. It's all on the podcast. I think we preached a message on uh, five five considerations, considerations before you marry. Get get that message to help you. I think it's one of our popular messages. It has so many views. So get get it. It's on Facebook and on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So get it. It will help you. Okay? In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think we've had a very wonderful time. Yes, we have. It's been an exciting time. <laughs> yes, answered a lot of questions. Yes. Hallelujah. God bless you so much. Um, we'll be back again on Sunday morning, and I'm going to share, like I said, I'm going to share on the some eschatology. eschatology along a certain line, and I believe it will help you in Jesus' name. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for giving us great understanding to all these questions. Thank you that these questions are cleared up completely to your glory, even in Jesus' name. And thank you that we advance in glory, we advance in power, we advance in grace every single day of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.